Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now joining us is Catherine from ESPN FC talking to us about all things Middlesbrough, but specifically one thing Middlesbrough, which is the sacking of uh, Itor Karanka. Uh, I just want to check first. We've been fooled by this before. Has he actually gone this time? Yeah, I think this time it's for real, unfortunately. Um, quite quite a sad day for me yesterday, personally, um, as um, I know things haven't been great for the club recently, um, haven't been getting the results, and fans have been quite unhappy, but um, it's very easy to forget what's happened in the last three years since Karanka came in. So when we first recruited him, Middlesbrough were actually um, almost about to drop into League One. So um, he managed to turn it around pretty quickly. And within his first full season, we reached Wembley for the playoff final. And then with his second full season, we got promoted. So um, in that sense, you can't argue with what he's done for us. And he leaves behind some really good um, statistics, at least defensively. So Middlesbrough have lost five games at home in the last two seasons, which is pretty damn impressive. Mm. Um, Obviously, there's much up for debate about um, our attacking force. But um, that's ultimately what's left us in the position we're in in the table now. Um, second from bottom, looking in big trouble. Um, and that's why the chairman, Steve Gibson, and Karanka himself have sat down and had a man-to-man chat and decided to part ways. Yeah, he obviously has done very well over the past few years, as you mentioned, and the statistics definitely back up what you're saying about the defense and attack. Middlesbrough currently, as we record this, still have a top five defense in the Premier League, but do have the worst attack in this league. And as you mentioned before we started recording, uh, it's actually the worst in the top four levels. Why is that disparity so stark? Is it just talent level at those two uh, parts of the pitch, or is it a focus intentionally on the defense? I'm sure it's to do with his focus on the defence and how important that is to him as a former Spanish international defender um, and obviously someone who um, learned his skills under Jose Mourinho. So you you can see where he gets that kind of grounding from. Um, And to be fair, it did work really well for us in the championship and it ultimately got us promoted, that style of play. Um, But leading one up front with, you know, 90% of the time, Alvaro Negredo, who, you know, He's an he's an all right player, um, not necessarily someone who's gonna score you loads of goals week in week out. And um, one of the things that's caused the most um, kind of confusion among the Borough fans, and um, I guess it's been humorous for fans of other clubs, is the fact that we have had um, proven strikers on our books, such as Jordan Rhodes, um, David Nugent. Um, and when they've been brought in, um, Karanka's almost point blank refused to play them or, you know, brought them on for 10 minutes and kind of said, well, they've had their chance. That's it. Um, so that was one of the odd things that's gone on during his uh, time at Middlesbrough, which was it seemed that he had very little involvement in many of the transfers and the players that came into the club. Um, so it feels like the chairman was quite involved in who was brought in. And um, Itor seemed quite reticent to play a lot of them. Um, Obviously, the two exceptions to that are um, Victor Valdez and Alvaro Negredo, who um, feature most of the time. Um, Obviously, older players who kind of might be past their best, but I think Valdez has been an outstanding uh, player for us this year, really. 
um, has kept us in a lot more games than we would have been in otherwise. Um, Negredo, not so much, but I think um, actually our midfield is probably the weakest area in the team and that lack of supply, um, that lack of um, willingness to attack because Karanka is so defensive-minded just leaves us that bit short up front. Yeah, and some of the uh, transfers that you mentioned that he may have not had a hand in uh, as much as he would have liked haven't really panned out. Um, Victor Fisher, who I loved that signing of yours uh, in the summer, hasn't really worked out. Adama shows flashes, but it very rarely comes to an end product. Um, Rudy said you signed in January and has yet to really make an impact, although I think I, I've seen him head two balls off crossbars. Um, <laughs> how yeah. much... Uh, do you put down some of these struggles to uh, some failures in the transfer market? Yeah, I think it is largely down to that. And it does seem to be an unusual way to operate in that um, players are signed and then the manager has to deal with the players that are brought in and, and essentially sold as well. And he has to set his team up around that when those players might not actually fit the system that he has. Um does seem quite unusual. Um, and definitely January, the transfer window was highly disappointing for Middlesbrough. So people were starting to worry, certainly after Christmas, about um, the lack of goals and the lack of points we were getting. Um, so I know we have this fabled, brilliant defence, but since Christmas, really, even that's been slipping and uh, we've been losing and conceding more and more goals. Um, so the fact that the players that came in were Rudy Gassard, who... Um, is I think officially the player who has won the least games or something. He has this really weird um, has this really weird title against him. Um, I think from when he played for Villa a few years ago. Um, and Patrick Bamford, who played for us before, but you know ultimately they're unproven in the Premier League um, and have kind of done okay in the Championship. It's not really what you want to see when you're faced with relegation. You want to see somebody brought in who you think this guy could make a real difference. And we just didn't see that. So that's contributed to um, increased tension with the fans, um, maybe getting on the backs of players as well. And then the results have just continued to slide since then. So if if we're uh, admitting just that the players have not uh, lived up to it well enough, is it really on them, the sacking of Karanka, or is there something that he did over time that you think just started not working, or was it kind of like Leicester, where at a certain point, sometimes locker rooms just kind of tune out and just need a new voice in their ear? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, there are certainly some players who are um, rumoured to be, to sort of be the voice of discontent more than others. Um, Stuart Downing is a particular player who... Um, took quite a pay cut, apparently, to come back to Middlesbrough, which is, you know, his boyhood club. Um, and, again, not, probably not a Karanka signing, I would say. He um, Karanka plays him occasionally, even though he's probably the most experienced player we have in terms of top-flight football. Um, so Downing's been quite frustrated, and um, that's where it seems a lot of the discontent has come from. Um, but even Jose Mourinho was asked in his press conference today, um, about Karanka and what's gone on and uh, Mourinho said yes I know which players I know the players who haven't been pulling their weight um, but it feels like the rot has been setting in for a long time now um, felt like something needed to change um, I was at the Stoke game a couple of weeks ago and it was pretty depressing um, there were a few people in the crowd who kind of turned against Karanka at that point most people were still supporting the players and supporting the club as a whole um, 
but I really didn't think that they would sack him now, actually. I thought it would have happened maybe a month ago. Um, now seems like they've held on until the very last minute. Um, Steve Gibson, the chairman, is known to be such a loyal person and uh, likes to stick with his decisions. And that's why Middlesbrough don't really have a new manager every six months like some clubs do. Um, but I feel like he's given as long as he can to Karanka and now really feels like change needs to happen very quickly. And in terms of that change, is, is there a name that's currently kind of leading the line in terms of who your next manager could be or might you stay more internal like we've seen at Leicester of late? Well, the chairman has come out and said um, that the current caretaker, Steve Agnew, who was Karanka's assistant, um, that he is certainly in contention to be number one and um, Gibson seems to be a fan and wants to give him a chance. Um, so when we had the sort of temporary Karanka's leaving last year, um, Agnew did take charge for one game away at Charlton. Um, but, you know, it was a kind of a 24-hour thing. And then before we knew it, Karanka was back and uh, nobody ever spoke of it again until now. Um, but this is definitely for real. So he's had a bit more time to prepare for Sunday's game against Man United. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what he does um, and if he kind of sticks with the way we've played before, if he completely revolutionises it, who's going to be a starting eleven? that's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm not sure if Gibson's expecting a big result from this game. I think what we all want to see really is a better performance, um, people showing a bit more for the club, and that'll be a really good starting point to take us forward. Um, but as we go on, there are other... Um, managers rumoured, so Steve McLaren is an interesting one. Um, sacked again from Derby. Um, but as we know, he was probably Middlesbrough's most successful manager, I would say. Um, when he was with the club, um, he took us to Europe and we finished sixth in the Premier League one year. Um, and we had, you know, some good glory days back then. Um, not sure if he would be a very popular choice to return, but um, he's certainly one of the favourites. Um, and another is Nigel Pearson, um, obviously formerly of Leicester. And he did used to be the Middlesbrough captain as well back in the 1990s. Um, so I think if he came in, it would be a big change for the club. Um, especially thinking about all the Spanish and Uruguayan players that we've got that Carranca brought in. Um, I suppose at least Agnew has a relationship with those guys and can sort of work with them uh, currently. But... As for the long term, I think we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, and uh, if you do bring in somebody new, would the objective be staying up? Or, or do you think Middlesbrough as a club are more concerned about kind of the long-term view and health of the, of the club? I think the chairman is quite savvy and will definitely be looking to the long term. But right now, there's this very big thing on the horizon that you just can't ignore, and that is relegation. So... Let's throw everything at it. Let's try and avoid relegation. But if it does happen, I know that Middlesbrough will be in pretty good financial shape um, and there'll be a good structure at the club to deal with it. Um, so in the past, we've had troubles where, actually in the McLaren era, when we got into Europe and stuff, we had a really big wage bill. Um, a lot of older players, such as Mark Raduka and um, Yakubu, um, and it just wasn't really sustainable. So we had to have a bit of a period of austerity when we went down then but I think that's all really good experience and this time around if we did go down we'd be much better prepared and um, I suppose we've got quite a lot of good players on our books for the championship so you know what will be will be.
Fair enough. Uh, what What are your uh, expectations as a fan? Are, are you just kind of hoping uh, to see better football on the whole? Because you mentioned that it's kind of been dire of late. Yeah, it really has. Um, it would be nice to see a bit more freedom, um, a bit more ingenuity, creativity, um, and maybe even a goal, because it has been a long time. Um, it's been six weeks in the league now since we saw a Middlesbrough goal. So, um, you know, just any sort of green shoots of improvement for me would be fantastic. Even if we don't stay up, we can sort of take that forward into next season. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for your time. Anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at BaseLady for more about Middlesbrough. Awesome. Thanks so much. Best of luck to Burrow, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.